Lord, we're so thankful today for what you've already done. Lord, I know that even if we went home right now, we know that we've been touched by your Spirit. But Lord, as we go into your Word today, Lord, I pray that you take the the things that I've studied, the things that I've went into, Lord. And Lord, that you'd use it for your glory, Lord. I seek no glory of my own, but Lord, only that your name be lifted up. God, these are your people, and they're here to hear your word, Lord God, not Andy's word. And I ask, Lord God, that you would speak through me by your Holy Spirit and touch their hearts and their lives. God, it's a privilege to be here today. And I just want to let you know that I love you, Lord, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Today I wanted to talk about the keys of the kingdom. Um, Matthew 16:19 says, "And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." One thing I want you to notice by that scripture that Jesus didn't, he said the keys of the kingdom, not the keys to the kingdom. There's a difference. Uh, there's one key to the kingdom. That's Jesus Christ. He is the key to the kingdom. But there's a difference between the key to the kingdom and the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom unlocks all the things that's in after you already made it to the kingdom. Um, John 14:6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the key. Um, keys of the kingdom unlock the doors within the kingdom. And we grow and mature, we learn what the keys are, and we learn how to use them. You ever thought what the definition would be for the keys of the kingdom? This is mine. Didn't come out of Webster. It's mine. The keys of the kingdom are biblical principles. They're biblical truths by which we learn and gain understanding that we live by and we move in as we grow and mature in the things of God. The keys of the kingdom. What are the purpose of the keys of the kingdom? It's enabled us to fulfill the work of the ministry. There's a ministry for us to do. Every one of you got a call on your life, whether you know it or not. You got a call on your life. He didn't call just certain men, certain women to do ministry behind a pulpit, but all of us, everywhere we go, there's a congregation out there that we are to, to minister, minister to. And He gives, gives us the keys to be able to touch hearts and lives. To do the work of the ministry and experience life and to have life more abundantly. He gives us the keys how we can have the abundant life that we find in the Word of God. He has promised you an abundant life. He doesn't want you downtrodden, but He wants to give you the very best that He has to offer. And the, he, the kingdom has all things that you have need of. Amen? Amen. There are many keys. And as we look into God's Word, as we study God's Word, and as we meditate on God's Word, the Holy Spirit will reveal and bring to light the keys of the kingdom. 
Today I want to look at three of them. There are so many in there, there's no way that we could cover them all today. But I want to look at three keys today. There's one key that's primary. It's the master key. The key, this key is the source of all other keys Jesus has made available to us. First key is God's Word. Psalms 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's His Word. It shows us the way. He keeps it illuminated before us. And we can see clearly. It's His Word. We've got to know God's Word. It's not good enough for your parents to know God's Word. It's not good enough for the pastor to know God's Word. You've got to know God's Word for yourself. It's important that you know it and that you study it and that you meditate on it. And you place it in your heart. The Word says that I, to know His Word, that I may not sin against God. We need to know the Word of God. Studying the Word of God will give you the foundation that you need to do the work of the ministry. To reach hearts and lives, to minister unto people. There's a needy people out there. We come across them every day. There are people that are going to a devil's hell unless somebody tells them the right way. There are people that are sick and in bondage. There are keys in the Word that that I help you minister to these people. There are keys in the Bible. The study to know God's Word will keep you on the right path. That you don't go off to the left, off to the right, but we can go right forward to where God wants us to be. You know, there's a lot of people, even in, in the Christian um, Christon, Christonian, or Christ, well, I can't even say the word now, but in the Christian world, let's say, they go too far to the right, or they go too far to the left. But God will give us, through the keys of the kingdom, will keep us on a straight path that will be right and that will be perfect. We'll study the Word of God will enable us to see the other keys of the kingdom as revealed to us through His Word. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth, is what the Word says. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John 10.10 God's Word. There's keys. God's Word will teach us how we can have this life and have it more abundantly. You know, I would really hate to face life without God and His Word. You know, there's a lot of people out there in the world that doesn't know Him. And they've got to rely on their own abilities, their own mentality, their own might to make it through life. But we have someone that's greater than ourselves, that leads us down the right pathways, that keeps us. And it's His desire that you have life and life more, more abundantly. John 16:13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, says He will guide you in all truth. For He will not speak of His own authority, but whatsoever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. You want to know the truth. You know, that's one of the things that Pilate says, what is truth? But if you want to know truth, here it is. It's in God's Word. If you know God's Word, you know the truth. Amen. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent 
to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, it's the truth of the word of God. The Holy Spirit will help you learn. You know, I I tell you, If you try to learn the word on your own, it's, it's, a, it's, it's tough. You need the Holy Spirit to, to guide you in the truth. He will highlight it for you. He will bring it to you. There's times that you read the Word of God and, you know, I just don't understand this part. Then one day you'll read it and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, this is what it's trying to tell you. And it's been there all the time. So He'll guide you in all truth. You need to rightly divide the word of truth. When we rightly divide the word of truth, these keys, these principles, these truths are golden nuggets found in Scripture. We must diligently search for them. You see a person going out and mine gold. They'll dig here and they'll dig there. And they search for it. But when they find it, they found the richness. When you dig into the Word of God and you search for it, you're going to find riches beyond measure. The riches of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will guide you. And He will reveal them to you. Second key. This was found in the first scripture that I read. Binding and loosening. Matthew 16, 19 again says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Binding and loosening. That is accomplished by the power of the tongue. First of all, you've got to believe the word, but then you've got to speak it out. The words that you say have creative power. The words you create, by the words you create, it will bring boundaries for Satan not to cross. What do you think about that? You know, Satan, he's always there. He's fighting. He likes to get into your finances. He likes to get into your family and, and, and bring disruption. He likes to make sure that one disease passes from the parents to the children. There's a time you've got to up a boundary and said, Satan, you're not going to cross this boundary. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. When we take authority, God has given us to bind the enemy here on earth, the Word says that the enemy will be bound in heaven. you got the authority, you got the power to do this. Again, when the 
When we bind the enemy on earth, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Luke 10:19 says, Behold, I give you authority. Who does? Lord Jesus Christ. It says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. How much power? All the power. There's nothing that he has against you. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. He has given you that authority. You got the privilege and the honor to use the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brings back to memory, what did Jesus do when he was being tempted and Satan was coming up against him? He always brought up the Word, didn't he? We need to know the Word. I guess the question now is, uh, are you using the authority God has given you to bind the hand of the enemy? Are you using it? John 14, verse 13. It says, Whatsoever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He's given us His name. I don't have to tell Satan, in my name you're going to do this. I can say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For all authority was given unto Him. Now we're speaking in His name. And Satan, it's time for you to step back. Satan, it's time for you to let go. We're not going to have this anymore. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ. You've got to take your hands off. We need to learn to tell the enemy no. We need to learn to draw a line in the sand and say, Satan, you're not going to cross that line. You're just not going to do it. Ephesians 6.12, the ending of the verse says, and having done all is to stand. When you've done it, you just stand there. You stand before Him and say, no, Satan, you're not going to do it. Satan, you're defeated. No, Satan, you will not bring havoc into my home. No, Satan, you're not going to rob me anymore. I stand against you. You've got to stand. You've got to be strong in the power of the Holy Spirit. And now allow Him to take these things from you. Many Christians treat Satan like a some parents treat their kids. Johnny, I hope there's nobody has a Johnny in your as a kid. Johnny, I said no. Johnny, stop. Johnny, if you don't stop, I'm going to spank you. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to spank you, Johnny. Now, Johnny, you better quit that, Johnny. Now stop it now, Johnny. Johnny, I'm going to really get mad in a minute. You better stop it, Johnny. Johnny, stop, Johnny. All we do is just tell him to stop, but we don't get behind the words that we say. Sometimes we need to eat some bottoms. 
I guess my kids remember when. (laughs) But we need to learn to say no and mean what we say. And don't play around with the enemy. You know, the Word talks about spare the rod, spoil the child. We need to get a rod out for Satan. And say, Satan, no more. I will take no more. No greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. And you got the power to take control of your situation. But yes, so many times we just allow Satan to beat us down and beat us down and beat us down. And it's time for you to be in control of your circumstances. And you don't have to be fearful. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. But we, are, we can stand strong in the power of the Holy Spirit and say, Satan, enough's enough. But that's up to you. He won't back off unless you make him. He's going to keep on coming. He's going to try other ways. But you've got to be strong. In the same way that we have the ability to bind, we have the ability to loose. What we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. By our words, we have the ability to loose those things the enemy has bound. Jesus said he came to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. We got the ability to lose people by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got the ability to lose finances in your home by speaking it and saying it and declaring it. First John four seventeen says, Because as he is, so are we in this world. It's the same authority, same thing that he had. Because as He is, so are we in this world. We need to stand on the authority of the Word. Bind the hand of the enemy over your home. We need to stand on the authority of the Word and command Satan to loose his hands over your finances, your family, and anything else that he has bound. First John 4, 4 says, Because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Praise God. This is where Andrew started meddling into my message. Third key. Seeking the kingdom of God first. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. All these things. All of us have priorities in life. These things, these are the things we place great emphasis on. Instead of seeking the kingdom of God, many Christians put seeking the kingdom of God second and sometimes even third. They want to ask you, what is your priorities? 
Are you really seeking God's kingdom first? Or are you seeking your own first? We've got a jealous God. He doesn't want any God before Him. Have you placed something before God today? Is something that you're doing that's more important than being in the house of the Lord, than doing the work of the ministry? Think about it. Many are seeking the almighty dollar. You know, there's nothing wrong with having money. But you've got to put it in the right priority. That's getting ahead in the game. Financial security or retirement. We just strive for it. There's nothing wrong with having these things. It's wrong if you put that before God. Again, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Jesus also said a lot more in, in Matthew 6, chapter, starting in verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy. And where thieves break in and steal, they lay, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither more moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'll say this. You don't get by with anything. God knows exactly where you are and what your heart is. And He knows exactly if you have something that has come before Him. And on the flip side of that coin, there's many that are making it payday to payday. You worry over your finances. Some work multiple jobs. There's no time to do anything else but go to work, go home, eat, sleep, wake up the next morning and do it all over again. God has more for you than that. He has a lot more for you. And it doesn't matter what you make. God will bless the resources that you have. Again, we've got to seek ye first, the kingdom of God first. Matthew 6, chapter again, starting with verse 25. It said, Therefore I said to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? He puts great value in you. He wants you to have good things. We're so busy worrying about our situation that we're not trusting God to move in our situation. 
My mom's a worrier. She'll worry about this. She worries about her kids. She worries about the finances. She worries about if she don't have nothing to worry about. And that's the honest truth. You'd have to know my mom. She worries. Didn't get her anywhere. Matthew 6.31 says, Therefore do not worry. Then what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. That's what the world seeks. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows that you need them. He wants to provide those things for you. As long as you're worrying, as long as you're anxious, as long as you are, this is your focus, you're tying the hands of the Father, and He cannot bless you. Because all your attention is on what is going wrong and what is your needs. You're not focusing on who has the ability to supply your need. Again, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Are you hindering what God wants to do in your life? Won't you let God add to your life the things that you have need of? We need to realize Jesus is there and He knows about your situation. Not only does He know, but He cares and desires to move in your behalf. The problem is that we limit God. We stress out over our bills, our children, our jobs, and whatever else. We fail to trust God and God's Word. We never declare or confess God's Word, yet we real quick to blame God. God, why did you let this happen? God, why did you... Cause this. God, why am I so financially strapped? God, why am I sick all the time? We're so quick to blame Him. We fail to realize He's the one that paid for your healing. He's the one that has all the cattle on a thousand hills. He has provision for you. But we're real quick to say, God, it's your fault. You may not say it in those words. By our actions, we say, God, it's your fault that I'm in this situation. Know this, there is an enemy seeking to destroy you and keep you away from all God's promises. He laughs when you blame God for your problems. He succeeded. Can you hear it? It's up under your skin. John 10.10 10 states, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he's really good at what he does. He's had a lot of practice over the years. But again, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and you might, that they might have it more abundantly. Choose life today. Choose that abundant life. 
Two principles of the Word I want to leave you with today. Proverbs 3, verse 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That's how you can, when you've done all, you stand. Because of that peace of God that passes all understanding. You've got a guard on your heart and your mind. He's there. You know it. And you can trust Him. Today I've spoken three keys to the kingdom, of the kingdom. The first being the master key. Learning and knowing God's Word. The second key is binding and loosening, using the authority God has given us. And third key for us to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness first. And all these things we need in life will be given to us. I've got one final scripture I want to give you. Second Peter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. Praise the Lord. Lord God, I love you today. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. Lord, I want to thank you for the keys of the kingdom that you have given unto us. And Lord, those keys open many doors. many great things. And I ask, Lord God, that through this message, somehow it will just stir something up in your people. That they will begin to search for those keys and apply them to their life. Or that they would dig for those gold nuggets that we find in your Word. You're such a good God. Lord, if we could just ever really realize how much you really do love us. How much you really do care about the things that pertain to us. Lord, you never get tired of us. And even the smallest prayer, you answer. God, I just pray that you just touch everyone that's here today. 
And Lord, if they're facing difficulties in life, Lord, I pray that they'll be able to lay down those things that seems to bind them. And in Jesus' name, that they be loosed and set free. And Lord, whom you set free is free indeed. Lord, I thank you for the freedom that we have in you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us this life and life more abundantly, Lord. Lord, that you have great things in store for us, oh God, as we trust you and as we believe you and as we realize what you've given us out of your word. Thank you, Lord God. God, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, please. Perhaps today there's some of you might say, I don't know this God that you're talking about. Perhaps you didn't know there was a God that really loves and cares for you. But maybe by something that I've said by the Holy Spirit, you realize in your heart it's true. He does love me. I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ this morning. There might be a lot of things today in the service you may not have understood, may have never seen before. But you know there's something there. God loves you very much. You know, He was willing to lay down His life for you. To take the punishment that we so deserve. That you might have a life here on earth an abundant life a life that's pleasing to him the word also says that he prepared a place for us that where he is that we can be there also hell is very real heaven's very real got the very best for you today. And if you want to know this Jesus, that's me. I want you to signify by an uplifting hand. I want to know Lord Jesus today. Amen. One. There are some more out there. He loves you this morning. He wants to give you the kingdom. But it's up to you. Someone else. Anywhere. I want all of us to pray this prayer together today. Repeat after me if you will. Lord Jesus. I come to you this morning with all my sin and all my faults. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life to forgive me of all my sin. I want to dedicate 
my life to you. I want to receive. I want to know that abundant life that you have for me. Now I want to know you, Lord, with all my heart. I know that you're the Son of God and that you died for me. And I receive that gift of life today. Thank you for saving me, Lord. And thank you for cleansing me. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You made the greatest decision that you could ever make in life today. You prayed that prayer. You need to find a church where you can receive the Word of God. You need a Bible that you can read and study for yourself. And the Holy Spirit of God will enlighten it to your heart. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. No one said that the work of the kingdom is easy. But there's so many rewards in knowing that you've done what God has asked you to do. Amen. Let's stand. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you have graced us with your presence today. Lord, I just ask that you will go with us this afternoon, that you'd be with us. Lord, that you would bless their their meals, Lord God, their, their fellowship with one another. Lord, as families come together, Lord, Lord, that your blessings would be upon them. And Lord, just keep us in your presence today. Lord, we love you. And we, again, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you have been here with us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.